0: way of the cross, if there's anything that we see through the different stations of the cross, and Jesus' I'll say ascendance to, to the cross because in fact he was lifted up on that pole as Moses lifted up the brass and serpent in the wilderness. Jesus ascended the cross. He went up on the cross for our benefit. It wasn't an easy road. From the scriptures we just heard this morning, it was a painful journey. It was um, a humiliating journey. It was one that was not pleasant, but nevertheless, our savior chose that road. Jesus, being the son of God, could have chosen any other form of death, but he chose the death of the cross and dying on the cross is most significant because in that time the most violent form of death or punishment was to be crucified crucifixion was only reserved for vile people people whom society together had agreed ought to be disposed of and that is why the people could say crucify him crucify it was a general consensus. I mean, everybody would have to agree that you, you, you were not fit to be kept alive. It was a death reserved for armed robbers and for serial killers, people who were social misfits. And this was the kind of death that the holy, sinless son of God chose to die for us. The way of the cross was a painful way, but this morning I'm looking at it from the angle of humility. Humility and that is the title of my message, Humility, the way of the cross. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 to 3, I read it says, wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. He says that we ought to lay aside every weight, every sin that pulls us down in, on our journey in life. The apostle Paul calls our life a journey or a race, a Christian race. And he says that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, the saints that have gone ahead before us, the angels in heaven. He said that we are surrounded by people who have gone through the same journey that we are pressing through. Cheering us on, angelic hosts cheer us on. And he says that, and so we should put aside anything that will stop us from getting or from getting to the finish line. And he says that we should, we have an example that we should look at. And our example is none other but Jesus, the Son of God. He says that he is both the author and the finisher of our faith. The beginning and end of everything concerning the Christian faith is Jesus. If there's any example we ought to look at, in order to walk or run our race as Christians is Jesus and how he did it. And he says that Jesus, looking at the joy that was set before him, looking at the fact that he realized that he is going to the cross, he is dying on the cross and his resurrection will bring us, you and I, into sonship. Will also bring him to the place of being lifted up Look at the job that was set before him. Bible says that he endured the cross. He endured the pain, the shame. We read the scripture this morning. Him being beaten. Him being spat upon. He endured all these things. And now is set at the right hand of the throne of God. Bible say, tells us in Galatians 3.13 that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. Being made a curse for us. Because curse is any man that hangs on the tree or on the cross. So, Jesus endured this curse. It was a curse to be hung on the cross for our sake. In fact, the Amplifier says that Christ purchased our freedom for us, redeeming us from the curse, the doom of the law, and its condemnation by himself becoming a curse in our place. So when Jesus hung on the cross, he became a curse for us. So that we will be delivered from the power of the curse. Jesus on the cross was seen as a social misfit. It was a shameful death. The one who had been going around, preaching the kingdom, healing the sick, delivering the, the oppressed, was now shamefully hanging on the cross. But this was the mode of death that Jesus submitted himself to. Jesus submitted himself to the death on the the cross. He was not forced to die on the cross. He chose to die. He says he lays his life down. No one takes his life from him. And so Jesus submitted himself to the death of the cross. And Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the verse 2 says that we should look unto him who endured the cross, despising the shame, the pain of the beating. He was scourged Bible says and, and scourging means to be beaten, to be punished with a whip. The cut of nine tails was a leather tongue with many you no, know, outlets. It was a leather whip and on, on every piece of that whip was either a nail, a piece of glass or you know some sharp thing, iron and they would just throw it like that and whip your back and pull it it would tear flesh and Jesus was beaten with this whip. He was scourged. It was part of the crucifixion process. But before they hang on the cross, they have to scourge you, beat you with this thing. And Jesus went through that. They asked for Barabbas to be released. And Brother Jesus was scared. He was beaten. He had a thorn of crowns placed upon his head, pressed into his skull, and blood flowed. His, his hands and his feet were nailed. Can you imagine the kind of nails it was? Long nails. No, hammered through his hands. Hammered through his feet, put together. He was pierced on his side. All these were a painful, very painful, excruciatingly painful process. The amount of blood loss. It was a gory scene. Jesus' death was painful. So the Bible says that he endured the cross. That means he really went through a lot of pain, a lot of agony. Why? For our sake. He lost so much blood. And if you hang by your hands on a nail, definitely the nail would tear flesh. Because the weight of your body would pull it down. And that is how it was. He was hanging on it nails in his two hands, and nails on his feet. So, the the, the weight of his body was hanging on the nails in his hands, tearing flesh. You know, sometimes when you even maybe have a, you're sewing, and a little needle pricks your finger. See how you go, ouch, ouch, ouch. Or when you go to hospital, you're giving an injection. Some of you dance around, you know, the, the room with your doctor or you go to the lab and they say they want to do a malaria parasite test. You know, you go, please, 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 please. Even that. But here was Jesus hanging on nails. And you know, when you you hang like that, but that's one of the things about crucifixion. When you hang like that, breathing becomes difficult. So it comes to a time you can't breathe and your lungs begin to fill with water because you are hanging like that and you are losing blood. But that is the Difficult process that Jesus went through. Very painful death. He submitted himself to that death. The pain of separation from the Father. We heard Jesus say, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabathani, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? For that time, for that period, Jesus, who had never been separated from his Father, was separated from his father. Why? Because our sin, your sin and my sin was laid upon him. And God, who is a holy God, could not take him in. So, sin separated him from God, from the father for that minute or for for that period. And so, Jesus felt also the pain of separation. On the cross, Jesus was naked. One of the reasons talked about his garments being taken off him and being, you no know, cast, lost, being cast for the garment. He was stripped of his garments. These days, whenever we see Jesus on the cross, we see this beautiful, serene, ethereal picture of Jesus with a, a nice white cloth around his loins. Who had time to, 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 to wrap him, to put a loincloth around his waist? They took off his garment. They naked at the man. So the son of God hung on the cross naked naked it was a humiliating sight it was a shameful death that's what bible says that he endured the cross despising the shame he didn't think anything of it he didn't think that no i'm going to be put to shame but he endured it he said it doesn't matter for the sake of you and i he will go through it hello are we together and that is why it is a painful thing for us to also not give ourselves wholly in worship to him. Because if he went through this for us, and then we don't give ourselves wholly to him, then it, 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 it is painful. And that is how come God's wrath is against all those who do not yield and submit to Jesus as Lord. That is why the wrath of God will come against all those who reject Christ. Because the son of God was put to shame, was put to open ridicule, went through pain so that you might be saved. And so we cannot reject so great a salvation. We can't reject it. Hallelujah. Neither can we also serve or worship him on on our terms. Are are you understanding me? Because he gave his all for us. He, he, He laid everything out for us. And so it's only right and it's only fair. That we should also worship him the same. Jesus on the cross was not a beautiful sight. Today we 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 see beautiful pictures Jesus on the cross and it's so beautiful. We hang them in our rooms. We put on our crucifixes with pride. But in those days, it was the cross was a symbol of shame. Who wants a cross? Who wants to see the cross? You know, you mentioned the cross. And it strikes terror in the hearts of people because it wasn't a goodly thing. Isaiah used a better picture of how Jesus was on the cross. Let's go to Isaiah 53, the verse 2 to 4. It says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. When we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. Isaiah was talking about Jesus on the cross that when we see Jesus on the cross, there'll be nothing, no comeliness, no form. That means that he was beaten and tortured to the point where there was no beauty in him. He was disfigured. That's what he's saying. He said, there's no beauty we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet did we esteem him stricken, spirit of God, and afflicted. He said he had no form, nor comeliness. So the beautiful Jesus on, on, on the cross that we see is not what it was. Amen. Isaiah said there will be no form to him, disfigured, no comeliness, no beauty. So Jesus was beaten until his face was swollen. He was whipped until his body was just a mass of blood and flesh. No comely, no beauty that we should desire him. And Isaiah was saying that. And it wasn't because of any sin that he had committed. It was because our sin was laid on him. He was bearing the punishment that was supposed to be ours. The chastisement of our peace was being laid on him. Isaiah was prophesying of what was to happen to Christ. He said he has borne our griefs. He has borne our sicknesses and our diseases. Griefs there. The word holy is sicknesses and Sicknesses and diseases. So Christ on the cross bore our sicknesses, our diseases, the punishment that was supposed to be ours for sin, the death that was supposed to be ours because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So whatever was to be ours, the punishment for our sin was laid on him. And as I said there was no beauty, no comeliness that we should desire him. And people looking at him felt that, ah, this man is a sinner. He He's being afflicted by God he's being chastised for his own sin but as I said no it wasn't for his sin but it was for our sin disfigured by beatings pain of rejection and what took Jesus to this this cross what took Jesus there was love it was love the love for the father and love for us it was the love of Jesus for his father and his love for us that gave him you know that desire to yield himself to that kind of punishment to that kind of death because he could have chosen any other death he could have chosen death by you know stabbing death by firing whatever but then he had to take that which was the most terrible because he knew that among us will be people who deserve terrible deaths and so he took it so that we might be free Jesus went on the cross because of his love for the Father and the love for us. John chapter 6 verse 38 to 40, 40. Jesus said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which are given to me, I should lose nothing, but I should raise the beginning, the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone who seeth the Son, and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I'll raise him up on the last day. Jesus said, this is the will of the Father, that everyone that the Father has given to him, that is every one of us, every one of us, none should be lost. None should be lost. But every one of them should be kept, and will be raised in the last day. Will come to the place of resurrection on the last day. That's what Jesus is saying. Amen. And that is the will of the father. That anybody that sees the son, anybody that believes on the son and believes that he is indeed the punishment for his sin will have everlasting life. As the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Jesus said that this is the will of the father. And he came to do the will of the father. Without Jesus dying, it would not be possible for us to have everlasting life. Because every man is born a sinner and the wages of sin is death. We were all set to die, to live in damnation out of the presence of God forever. But for Jesus, who chose to take the death of the cross. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And Jesus did it because he loved the father. In John chapter 40 verse 31, he said, but that the world may know that I love the father and as the father gave me commandment, even so I do. He loves his father. So the commandment that his father gave him, that is what he did. Out of the love for the father came a desire to do the will of the father. Because Jesus loved his father, he had a will to do the desire of his father. When you love somebody, you want to please that person. When you love somebody, you want to do the person's will. And that is how it was. So Jesus, in his love for his father, wanted to please his father. And because of that, he submitted his will to the will of the father. In Luke chapter 22, the verse 42, he says that saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done when Jesus was in Gethsemane before his crucifixion, he felt the pain, the weight of what he was going to go through and he said, Lord, Father, this is difficult for me. It's difficult and if it's possible, let it pass for me. But nevertheless, not my will, but Lord, let your will be done. In as difficult as it is for me, Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. And the will of the Father was that you and I might be saved. And so Jesus submitted to the will of the Father and went and submitted himself for crucifixion. In fact, when the soldiers came for him in Gethsemane, Peter in his usual zealous self took his sword and cut off the ear of Melchizedek. And Jesus said, no, 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 you can't do it. Put the sword back, took the ear and placed it back on and immediately miraculously the ear was restored. That means that even there, he still carried enough miracle-working power to deliver himself. So, who are you looking for? Said Jesus of He Said I am He. Said they all fell down under the power of God. He Said I am He. They were all slain. In the mean, they were slain. He could have disappeared, but he was. He stood there and he said to Peter, "Listen, I can call for legions of angels right now to come and deliver me." But I choose to die. I choose to die. I I yield myself to the death on the cross. Jesus submitted his will to the will of the father. You know, to submit means to yield, to give in. And that's what Jesus did. He gave in to the will of the father. Now, because Jesus gave in to the will of the father, God also exalted him. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, the verse 3 to 11. The beautiful, one of the most beautiful scriptures ever. So let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, as in, in humility, let each esteem himself, the others better than himself. Okay, Look not every man unto his own things, but also every man to the things of others. And let this mind be in you. Let this mind. So, this is the kind of mindset you ought to have. This is a mind we ought to carry as believers. So, and this is the same mind that was also in Christ Jesus. And listen to the mind. So, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God? He is God. He is the Son of God, one with the Father. Okay? But he said that he didn't think that he would, in that time, Say that no, I am God, so I will not submit myself to the death of the cross. But he said, rather, he made himself of no reputation. He gave up his throne in heaven, made himself of no reputation. Listen, and took on him the form of a servant. The servant, and took on the likeness of man. The creator took on the form of the created. Jesus in heaven did not have the body of man. He created man, all right. But in the time when Jesus decided to come and die for the sins of man, he submitted himself to take on human body. A human body. Be born as a baby. Go through the rigors of life. Baby, circumcision, and everything that a baby boy has to go through. I'm sure there are many times... That his mother would, you know, give him work to do. Clean the house. Everything that a normal kid goes through, he went through. And he grew up. And then he submitted himself to death. It wasn't something that God should do. And I always tell you that even we as human beings, especially women, if you buy any cloth and you go to a function and you see somebody in the same cloth, you feel like going back home to change. Hello? But Jesus, the son of God, didn't think anything about it. He took the form of man, came and submitted himself to death of the cross. Now he said, and being found in fashion as a man, being found as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And Bible says because of that, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name that the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in the earth, and things underneath the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ attained to this place of exaltation because he humbled himself and took the form of a servant, took the form of man, amen, and gave himself up to be crucified. So without humble himself to the death on the cross, there would be no glorification. We want to be glorified. We want the power of God. When we say the power of the cross, people are thinking of miracles. But you see, you cannot get to that place without going through the pain, the shame, the humiliation of the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We must look unto him. Who is the author and the finisher of our faith? Whatever he went through, he said, let this mind be also in you. He humbled himself to the death of the cross. We must also humble ourselves. Jesus said that any man who who says he loves him, you we must deny ourselves. Take up our cross and follow him daily. When they take up your cross, do what the cross means. The cross doesn't mean being anointed alone. The cross doesn't mean being exalted alone. The cross means shame. The cross means pain. The cross means submission. The cross means denial of self. Praise the Lord. The way of the cross. It's a way of pain. Way of shame. Way of submission. Hallelujah. And so he said that we shouldn't do anything out of vainglory. We shouldn't do anything out of selfish motives. Through pride and through the, the thinking and the ideas of our own mind. Thinking ourselves better or superior than others. But rather, we should think of others as superior than us. That's what Jesus did. He humbled himself. Amen. He said, let the same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. You can put that on the board. Who although being be essentially one with God in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think that this equality with God was a thing to be easily grasped or retain. But he stripped himself of all privileges. How many of us can strip ourselves of all privileges? Even if you go to a function and they give you a seat, you get angry because you are not seated properly. So I was not seated properly. What is proper seating? I was not recognized with my proper title. What title? So he stripped himself of everything. Everything. Amen. And after he had appeared in human form, he obeys and humbled himself. Still further. And carried his obedience to the extreme of death. Even the death of the cross. He carried himself to the extreme of death. Even the death of the cross. Jesus humbled himself and became exalted. Until we learn to humble ourselves before God, before man. We cannot attain to the place of exhortation. You see, pride is thinking of yourself highly, more highly than others, or being self-willed and not God centered. Whenever we walk up in pride, we become self-willed. We become disobedient. We, we, we are not God centered. We become self centered. But Jesus was not self centered. It wasn't about himself, it was about what does God want? It wasn't about who he was. It was about who God wanted him to be. Praise. And he said, let this mind be in you. Put the same mindset within yourself. Otherwise, we will never get to the place of elevation or to the place of exaltation. Jesus had things to say on humility. Matthew chapter 18, the verse 34. And he said, verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He said, until we become like little children, we cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. A lot of people like to say, little children are believing, yes. But you see, the humility, the selflessness of children, when you put two children together, they don't care whether one comes from this lineage or that pedigree or that. They'll play. They'll just play. In fact, sometimes you take your child somewhere and maybe some little boy be eating some, maybe, what crap a burning catty be. Before you know, your child has gone to put his hand, he's also he's, ah! My child who might give carrot sauce. He's just going for the breading catty and he's chewing. As if that's his delicacy. That's children. They, they, they are just free. And Jesus said we should be like that. We should humble ourselves and be like little children. And in doing so, so we will become the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Kofi.